0: Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Start there in verse 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. This is the ladies. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. Jesus Christ has been crucified. He's been buried. He's been dead. The governor says, I'm afraid they're going to come steal his body away. So I want you to go down and send some soldiers. I want you to seal that tomb. I want you to put a guard on that tomb. I don't want them disciples to be able to come in and to get that body out of that tomb. I'm afraid they're going to steal it away. So with all that, knowing all that, they come, they show up, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in, verse 3, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God, that they didn't find your body. Lord, you've said so many things in this book. I've never found anything wrong. you said every prophecy you've prophesied on, Lord Jesus, has come true, Lord. It's a, such an amazing book, Lord God. But the most important thing is, Lord, you said you would come up, and you did. And I thank you for that, Lord God. And I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord. Move among us, Lord, leading, guiding, directing us, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody... Underneath the sound of my voice, they're not for sure if they're going to go to heaven if they were to die tonight. They're not for sure if they would go to a devil's hell if they were to take their last breath. They're just they're afraid to, to, to take that last breath, Lord, not knowing where they're going to go. Father, I pray, Lord, as we give this invitation at the end, that they'd come on down the aisle, Lord God, and they'd put their hands in my hand, Lord God, and they'd just come down and get saved, Lord. That's all, all they need to do, just put their faith in you, Lord Jesus. and Lord, I pray, Father, that you speak to the heart the truth, Lord. I pray, Father, you'd be with these People this morning, Lord God, that they've lost some loved ones this last year, Lord God, they're, they're dealing with some grief, they're dealing with some, uh, some, just some sorrow, Lord God. I pray, Father, you'd bless them, Lord. Give them grace and strength to bear with what they're going through, Lord. And Father, we know you do all things well, Lord, and we're going to wait till we get to heaven, Lord, and then you can explain it to us. But I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So you see there in verse 3, and they entered in, and they entered in, and they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. This is what I was saying this morning that separates Jesus Christ from all the other ones, is they never found the body of Jesus Christ. And this right here is what drives the world absolutely bonkers. They can't stand it. They can't stand it. The Christians can run all over and they say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's never been found. He's never been found. That drives them completely crazy. It's the truth, but they don't like it. The world doesn't like it. Uh, the director of the Titanic, the director of the Terminator movies, his name is James Cameron. One time he went out trying to find the bones of Jesus Christ. And they found this, uh, in Israel, they found this, this little casket. And it had written on the casket, Jesus and on this other casket that had next to that casket was written the name of Mary. So you know what he surmises? That must be the bones of Jesus Christ. Because it's Jerry, Jesus and Mary. So they went and did DNA testing. And they went and did DNA testing. And they found out that the, that the DNA of Jesus doesn't match this DNA that, of the side of the coffin that says Mary. So Mary and Je- So it must be, obviously, Jesus and Mary Magdalene. So Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married. That's his thinking. And they made a whole documentary of this. It's horse manure. It's nonsense. Hey, James, come on down here to Texas. I'm going to show you some Hispanic graves. They have Jesus all over them. You'll think it says Jesus. Won't you dig around on those for a while and see what you can find? You're stupid. You're ignorant. Even the scholars, even the atheist scholars were laughing at James Cameron. Why? Why would he be so stupid as to believe that? Anything but Jesus. Anything but Jesus. I'll take anything you give me, I'll take any God you give me, but don't give me Jesus. And they showed up, and they look in, they found not the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at the verse 4. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and bowed their on their feet, yeah, they were afraid, So they show up, they look in the tomb, they're like, where's his body? I don't see his body. Where's his body? And all of a sudden they look around and there's these two angels standing there and they all all of a sudden get afraid. And this is what they tell them. And they said unto them, verse 5, Why seek ye the living among the dead? You know, we just put poor George's body in the grave. His soul is long gone. Brother George is up in heaven. He's a lot better off than me and you. He's glorifying Jesus Christ. He's having a lot better time. But if I was to go up and visit that Mount Olive, where we buried his body, and I was to walk up there and I'd see, hey man, somebody's been up there messing around with his grave. And I'd go up there and i see his grave's been dug open. And i see his casket and i said what, the world's happened? I look in that casket and the casket's open and his body's not there? I'd be like, who took his body? And if I turn and there's two bright, shining angels right there, and they're like, what do you do looking for the living among the dead? I would shoot down from there, Mount Olive to Brownwood so fast. I mean, I'd say being afraid, I wouldn't even jump back in my truck I'd run so fast. I'd run faster than any truck could go. I'd be like to be like a fire. You start a fire trail down through there. And when I got on top of that mount, uh, mountain there at Pretty, where all those stupid turbines is, I'd have those things spinning like pinwheels, just <laughs> stupid turbines. I can't stand those turbines. You, well, y'all, y'all guys were up there. Some of y'all guys were up there on that funeral we were trying to hold. I was up there trying to hold the funeral, and the wind was. <laughs> You couldn't even hardly talk. And I'm up there in my pages going <smart noise> my Bible. I couldn't even hold my Bible. The wind was so strong. Y'all were up there with me? And every time I'd preach, the words would just go whack. This whack. Just, I couldn't even hardly preach. My wife and I were going up to that, going up there to that the mountain. We we're going up there and I looked over those wind turbines. Those wind turbines were going as slow as they could. Now you're telling me that wind's blowing them? When I'm up there, if I had hair, I wouldn't have it anymore because it's just... And you can't convince me that those, those, they're harnessing the wind. They're changing the wind. They're changing the wind. They're not harnessing the wind. Now, that's a whole other subject. Go investigate it for yourself, but somebody's out to, to hoodwink you guys. That's what I think's going on. Why are you searching, seeking the living among the dead? That's a good question. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? All other prophets are dead and Jesus Christ is the only one that's alive. Amen. That's just the, We can shut it down right now. That should be enough right there for you to come down and get saved if you're not saved. That's enough right there for you to go into church every Sunday, every time the doors open, and glorify Him because He's alive and all of them are dead. Yeah. And what's everybody afraid of in here? Dying. Nobody's looking forward to Dying. But Jesus Christ gives us eternal life. Jesus Christ is not for this life only. You understand that? Paul said that. Paul said Jesus Christ is not for this life only. If he was, we would be men most miserable. That's why all the religions are miserable. They're all miserable. They're seeking the living among the dead. They're in a dead system. They're in a dead works. They're in a dead church. They're in a dead religious system. They're following a dead prophet. And the difference between them and me and you is we're not following a dead prophet. We're not following a dead religion. We're following a living Savior. And they ask the question, why ye seek the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? You know, I was reading this story about this uh, Muslim and a Christian were arguing. And the Muslim was arguing with this Christian. And the Muslim said, "Uh, Muhammad is a better uh, prophet than Jesus Christ. And the Christian said, well, I mean, what, what makes you say that? Well, Muhammad did this, and Muhammad did that, and Muhammad wrote these books, and Muhammad, and Muhammad, and Muhammad, and the Christian finally got sick of it, and the Christian, you know, I guess this Christian wasn't afraid to have his head cut off, so he said, you know what? He said, let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question, man. I'm on a crossroads in life, and I come to this crossroads, and I don't know if I should go left or right. I don't know which way to go. And I look down there, and there's two men down there. One man is living, and one man is dead. Which man would you ask is the right way? And the the, 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 the Muslim said, the living one. He said, then why are you trying to send me to Muhammad who's dead when Jesus Christ is alive right now? Good question. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Why are you going to dead prophets? Why are you going to dead religions? Why are you going to dead churches? Why are you around that stuff? You know why it's dead? Because Christ is not there. You ever been in a church that's dead? Yeah. One time I was up there in San Antonio and I decided on a wide whim I'd go into that Catholic church that's right there on the, you know, on the mall there. And at the mall, the, the walk, the, the walk, the mall, whatever, that's right there by the San Antonio Riverwalk. So I went into that, church, that Catholic church and I walked in there. Man, beautiful. I mean cathedral, just beautiful. And I walked in there, it was like walking into a tomb. It was so creepy, man. I was like, man, I just got this weird feeling. And I remember walking up front, I want to see what's going on up front, I go up front, and there was this person laying there and they were just going, ah ah. I just, I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I know we get a little wild down here in Indian Gap, but nobody, I've never heard anybody moaning and crying like that, you know. Dead dead why are you seeking the living among the dead why would you ever go to something like that when you can go and feel the holy spirit moving the living god we serve a living god in jesus christ praise the lord for that i don't think see the world don't get it because they're like it's a philosophy it's an idea it's a religion it's just the way you live your life no he's living he can walk in those back doors right now. I believe it. Amen. I'm always, weird. I'm always weirded out when I'm up there street preaching. Because I have some weird people show up. People I've never seen before. you know what? I never see them again. They just show up. The guy shows up and takes the pictures. Weird stuff like that. What do you mean, Brother Keegan? You never know when you have angels showing up. And you don't know who they are. Beware how you entertain strangers because some people have entertained angels unaware you never know. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, where, where'd this guy come? Where'd they come? Where'd they go? We, you know What's going on here? We're serving the living God and we forget that. This ain't a dead religion. If this was a dead religion, I wouldn't be up here this morning. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Verse 6, he's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? He's not here. <laughs> Woo, the greatest, Dr. Rutman used to say, the greatest news the world ever heard came out of a grave. A graveyard, that's the greatest news in the world. What was the greatest news the world had heard? He's not here, he's risen. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's one thing for a man to say, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ, I'm the chosen one, and give us good teachers. Go and say, okay, I'm going to die for your sins, and he goes and dies for his sins, but if his body stays in the grave, how do you believe him? I wouldn't. I want to see some evidence. What's the evidence? An empty tomb. He's not here. He's risen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's why we're here this morning, right? The resurrection. If he wasn't resurrected, we'd be wasting our time. Some of you guys, if you're doubting, if you have any kind of doubts in your mind, you need to to follow a guy named J. Frank Warner Wallace. Wallace. Last name's Wallace. He's an L.A. detective. He's an L.A. cold case detective. He's been on Dateline. He's been on all of those. You can go on YouTube. He's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. He's an atheist. He was a devout atheist. His dad is still an atheist to this day. And his wife made him go to church one time. And he went to church, and he was like, I'll go, whatever. And he's in church, and he heard the preacher say, Jesus Christ is the smartest person to ever live. And J. Frank Warner, Warner Wallace said, I don't know about that. I mean, he had some good teachings, but the smartest guy? He goes, I'm going to investigate this guy. So Jay, being a cold case detective, he got, in, he, he got into studying the resurrection. And he started studying the evidence. And what he said, he said he's looking at Matthew, he's looking at Mark, he's looking at John, Luke, he's looking at John. And he said they don't all agree. Have you ever read the Gospels? One of them says this, and one of them says that, and one of them says this. You know what that made him do? You say, that made him doubt, didn't it? That made him believe. Why? Because he knows, he goes, in a, wit- in a true witness account, nobody agrees. And what you have to do is you have to take this person's testimony, and this person's testimony, and that person's testimony, and you, he said you gather all the evidence together, and you'll find out re- what really happened at that crime. That's what the first thing a cop does. The first, first thing a cop does when he shows up on a crime scene, when there's been a murder, he separates out the witnesses. Because you don't want them talking and agreeing and getting their story straight. So you have one story says this, one story says that, and what J. Frank Warner Wallace figured out when he did the true, he investigated himself. You put it all together and it goes like this and harmonizes, and it tells a true account of what their witnesses was, is that when they showed up, his body wasn't there, and then later on, guess what? They seen him with their own eyes. He got saved. Now, what are you going to do with that? Do like the world does. Anything but Jesus. Anything. Anything but Jesus. That's what the world's going to say. Anything but Jesus. He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be, li- be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Christ had told them all this. Christ says, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again in three days. He told them. They knew about it. They didn't remember it. The Holy Spirit wasn't moving on them. They didn't remember it. See, What people forget about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is one of the most important testimonies about our Lord, is the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. He tells you what's going to happen before it happens. That separates him out from all the other fakers. He says, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. He's walking along. He says, you see all these temples? You see this temple? See how it took like 50 years to build? You see all these big old stones? He said, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. They're like, what? You know what happened about 40 years after he said those words? Rome came in, destroyed Jerusalem, came up to the top of the Temple Mount, and guess what the rumor was? There's gold in their hills. They said there's gold in the stones. And they tore down and pushed down every one of the stones to where if you go today in 2021 and you look at the top of the Temple Mount, it's flat like that. Why? There's not a stone left of the original temple. Why? Because Christ said there wouldn't be. That's prophecy. Now you might say, I know if you're a doubter, because I was a doubter too, guys. I'm coming from that kind of background. If you're a doubter like I would, I would say, verse 7, they wrote that later. They wrote it after, the, after all these events happened. They came back in there and they inserted that Christ said that he was going to rise again. They inserted that to make Christ look good. Okay, I'll give you that one. I don't believe that, but okay, I'll give you that one. But you've got a major problem. The major problem is this. What about the other prophecies in here? That we're seeing take place before our very eyes today. What are you gonna do with those? Anything but Jesus. (laughs) Give me anything. Give me anything but Jesus. That's what they'll say. Anything, anything but Jesus. People can't stay dead in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you ever notice that? You know what the Bible says when Christ rose right here? The Bible went on to say in Matthew 28, said uh, some other people rose up with him. Some saints rose up at the resurrection, rose up and went into the city. Can you imagine that? Christ rises up and some other ones come up with him. That'd be just like we're up here and all of a sudden George comes walking in the back door. Brother George comes walking in the back door. And he goes, hey, I'm just here to tell you, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's risen and I've come up with him. Man, what kind of testimony? That's the testimony they had at that time. You know what happened? When Christ came up, the people around Christ, they can't stay dead. You can't stay dead in the presence of Jesus Christ. He would make a very, very bad Baptist minister. He never preached a funeral. He broke them up. You read it in the Gospels? Woman's crying, her son's dead, and they're all coming out of the city, and Christ comes along, and he's walking like that, and he sees the, says, what are y'all crying about? My son's dead, and he walks over there, I rise up. And he comes up over there, and the Bible says they were all amazed. I bet they were a little amazed. Hey, come on up, get out of there. Lazarus, come forth, come on out of there. That's your Savior. You can't stay dead in his presence. And when you take your last breath in this body, and you shed this old body, your soul and spirit, it's alive. You're going straight up into heaven. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If not, your soul is going to separate from that old body, and then you're going to go down, down, down to a devil's hell. Never meant for you, me and you. Never meant for me and you. Verse 8, and they remembered his words. Verse 9, and returned. These are the women returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. In verse 11, so they go back and they tell all the apostles, they tell all those disciples that were left, Peter, James, John, they tell them all. And this is what happens in verse 11. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them Kind of sad. Here's these disciples. They walked three and a half years with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Seen Him do all these miracles. Seen Him raise the dead. All these things I'm talking about. they seen with their own eyes. Plus a million more. The Bible says there's so much Christ did, you couldn't write it all in one book. And then when they come back and say, Hey, the tomb was empty. There were two angels there. They said He's risen. He said He would come up. And they're like, I don't know if I believe that. Anything but Jesus. Anything but Jesus. You know, one of the biggest crimes in the music industry was committed against Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan got right. He got saved. Bob Dylan got saved. He was a King James Bible believing believer. He was reading the King James Bible. He's reading Hal Lindsey's book on the late great planet Earth. He was on fire for the Lord. So he decided he'd start writing songs for Jesus Christ. He wrote three albums for Jesus Christ, and they're great albums. If you've never heard them, go listen to them. They're great, great doctrinally. They're straight. It's good stuff. So he would go to these concerts, and he he was saved now. So what's he doing at these concerts? He's not singing his old stuff. He he wants to sing about Jesus Christ. So they're not liking it. So the reviewers are bashing him. They're running him down. They're trying to run him out of the music industry. And Bob Dylan's words were this. Bob Dylan said, I would talk to them. I would start talking to the crowd about Jesus Christ, and they would start shouting that his name was boo." His name's not Boo, his name is Jesus Christ. The point is is that when he would start talking about Jesus Christ, Boo, boo, boo. Anything but Jesus. Give us anything but Jesus. It wasn't just a couple of days before this they were saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Do you want this murderer? Do you want this robber? Or do you want this man that's the king of the Jews? We want the murderer and the robber. Crucify him! Crucify him! And the world, 2,000 years later, it says, "I crucify him. We don't want Jesus. Boo! Boo! I say, give me nothing but Jesus. You can have this old world. You can have all these politics. You can have this country. You can, you can take this flag. You can have all of it. You can have all of America. You can have everything. Just give me Jesus. You can have this government. Everything. Just give me Jesus. That's all I want. Nothing but Jesus. And the world says anything but that man Jesus. Anything. Verse 12, Then arose Peter. And ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. So Peter runs down, he looks in the tomb, there's the clothes, they're sitting over there, where's the Savior? He's gone. He wondered about that. But now, verse 13 shows you something very important about Jesus Christ. And it's this, Jesus Christ, and C.S. Lewis says this about Christ, C.S. Lewis says this about Christ, that, that, that Christ is not a tame lion, A tame lion. And what C.S. Lewis means by that is Jesus Christ does whatever Jesus Christ does. And he doesn't have to answer to nobody. What is Jesus Christ sown in the Bible? He's a roaring, he was a lamb, he's crucified, but today he's a roaring lion. He's a lion out of the tribe of Judah. You can't tame him, he does what he wants to do. What are you trying to say, Pastor? There's all his disciples, there's all the ones he loves, they're all right there, and guess where Jesus Christ shows up to? Two simple disciples walking on the road to Emmaus. Look at it, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with him. There's Jesus. Then they get excited, but here's the problem, verse 16. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So of all the things Jesus Christ could have done, here's these two simple disciples, they're just walking down the road to Emmaus, and here comes this guy, and he walks up to them, and it's Jesus. He shows up to these two guys, just walking along, and they're talking about what's all happened with Jesus Christ, and here comes this guy, and they don't know it's Jesus. Have you had an encounter with Jesus Christ and didn't even realize it? Hmm. Makes you wonder, huh? Maybe you've had an encounter with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you never even realized it. Maybe you were 10 years old. Maybe you were 15 years old. Maybe you were 25, 35, 40. Maybe, and you're at a church somewhere and you felt the Spirit move on your heart and you're like, I need to get saved And you heard some old preacher say, you need Jesus Christ, your Lord, and you heard it, and you had this sweet encounter with Jesus Christ. And then he goes on. And you never even realized it. Maybe you never realized it. You know, the angel said, he is not here. And that's my prayer for you this morning. If you're you're lost, you're in some religion, my prayer to you, my prayer, my prayer is that one day you'd wake up and say, you're in a, whatever religion it is, I, works, whatever you're doing, one day you just wake up and say, he's not here. Christ is not here. God is not in this. Christ is not in this. This is dead. I'm looking for the living among the dead. He's not here. He's not in the works I'm doing. He's not in, he's not in the church I'm going to. He's not in the God I'm trying to pray to. He's not in the way I'm trying to get to God. He's not here. And can I pray and ask that you would go and seek for Jesus Christ? Because that's where he's at, right there. In Jesus Christ, that living life. So, they came, they saw, they didn't know who it was. Verse 17, and he said unto them, this is what Christ said to Him, Jesus, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? He knows exactly what's going on. He just wants them to confess it. And they said, ah, oh, one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto them, art thou only a stranger? In Jerusalem hast not known the things which were come to pass thee there in these days, He's like, "What are you crazy? Have you not heard what's going on with this man Jesus?" And he said unto them, "What things? <laughs> Christ's like, what are you talking about? This is why it says Lucy is not a tame line. Christ does what he wants to do. All these people are waiting for him. We're, they're all, they're, Where's Christ. He's, he's risen dead." And he's, what's he doing? He's on the road talking to two simple disciples, asking them questions. What things are you talking about? He wants them to confess it. He wants to hear from what they're saying. He loves this. That's the Lord. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But... We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women, also of our company, made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying, that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us, that would be Peter and John, went to the sepulcher and found it even so, as the women had said. But him, Jesus, they saw not. So they give Christ the rundown. What's going on? What's Christ's answer? Then he said unto them, Oh, the ones I love. Please go buy my book at Amazon.com, 10 Simple Ways to Have a Better Life. No, that's not what he said. He didn't try to go make money off of them. Oh, I love you. No, he said, Oh, fools. (laughs) What's Christ doing after his resurrection? He just straightened out a bunch of dummies. That don't believe the word of God. That's what Christ thinks is important. They're like, "Hey, man, you know what's going on, man? You fools! Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken." He called them foolish. He called them fools. What's the truth in this? You're a fool not to believe the word of God. You're a fool not to believe it. Now, notice, he didn't say understand it. Got it? Read it with me again. O fools and slow of heart to believe, not to understand. That's the difference, right? I believe in my car that drove me up here to Indian Gap Baptist Church. Do I understand every way it works? No, that's why I have a mechanic. But I believe it will get me here. I don't understand everything about the way the sun works, but I know it's going to be up in the morning. I believe it. Do you believe it? You don't have to understand it, right? Am I not going to get an amen on that? Do y'all all all understand the Bible more than me or something? (laughs) Guys, I don't understand this book. I don't begin to understand it. I try to do the best I can to teach it, to try to study it, but I don't understand all of it, and nobody that I've encountered ever has. One of the great things about Dr. Ruckman's commentary, when you read Dr. Ruckman's book, his Bible, you'll be reading through there, and you'll say, oh, that's interesting. You look down there, and he'll say something in German that says, I don't understand. (laughs) He don't know what it means. Sometimes that's the best thing you can say. Because I've had people come up to me and ask me questions about the Bible. Man, what does this mean, pastor? What does it mean? I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand. uh, But I still believe it. Amen. Hey, listen. You might be slow to pay your bills. You might be slow to mow your grass. You might be like me and slow to wash your dishes. But don't be slow. Don't be slow. Don't be slow to believe the Word of God. Hey, be fast. Be fast. To believe this book and let Jesus Christ call everybody else fools. Right? He just called them fools. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All of it. Believe all of it. Don't have to understand it. Believe it. You know what's happened to me in my career? or Not career, but in my walk as a Christian? Is that at the beginning of my Christian walk, I didn't understand anything. But I believed all of it. And as my Christian walk through the years has happened, guess what the Lord's been so gracious to do to me? He's given me some understanding, right? He's helped me to understand more. I don't understand all of it, but He's given me some more understanding. And I'm hopeful that as I continue to study this Word, He'll give me some more understanding. But there's one thing I'm always going to do to the day I die, I'm going to believe it. Because that's where my hope is. My mom that's died, that's went on into heaven, I believe that she's there because of this book. I believe when I take my last breath, I'm going to go up to heaven to be with Jesus Christ because of what's written in this book. This book's pretty important to me. I hope it's important to you. He says, verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus Christ in the Old Testament? Yep you come up here on Wednesday nights, that's what we're studying, is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He's all through there. And they drew nigh unto the village, verse 28, whither they went, and He made us, He made as though He would have gone further, but they constrained Him, saying, Abide with us. Notice what Christ does. Christ is walking along with them. They still don't realize it's Jesus, and He makes like He's going to keep on walking. and They're like, No, 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 don't go. Don't Come in and eat with us. Come in and eat with us. That's because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a gentleman. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, I, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Christ ain't just going to barge into your life. going to go barge into your heart. You've got to receive Him. Now He might stand there and knock. Can I come in? Can I come in? Can I come in? And if you have the will to say, Lord, please come in. Please come in and be the Lord of my life. Man, He'll come in and your life will never be the same. But He's not going to barge in. All the scriptures, the things turned himself, and they drew nigh in the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, said, Hey, abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. So that they come, he comes in with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Wow. Can you imagine that? Man, this guy knows a lot of Bible. That's pretty interesting. Hey, come come sit down with me at the supper table. I want to hear some more about the Bible. And the guy breaks the bread, and as soon as he breaks the bread, you're like, that's Jesus, and he disappears. That's how the Lord works. But look what they say, verse 32. They said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? While he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When the Word of God is preached, that's why I'm so adamant about, hey, open up your Bible, get your Bible, open it up, read with me, read with me, because the Scriptures are open, and when the Scriptures are open, and maybe when you're hearing the Scriptures read, your heart, like mine did when I was so young, will start burning in, inside you, and you say, there's something i got to do. There's something i got to do. Jeremiah said, his word was in my heart as a burning fire. It burns inside you. You need to have heart. You need to take your heart and put it on Jesus Christ. With the heart, you can't be saved. Without putting your heart on Jesus Christ, you can't be saved. You can't have head knowledge and no heart knowledge. You can't have the head knowledge and say, I know Jesus Christ. I know that he was buried and crucified. I believe he rose. From it. You, can't, you can have all that knowledge. Well, you're doing good. the devil believes and trembles with fear. You've got to take it a step further. You've got to put your heart on Jesus Christ. You've got to believe in him. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, will you save me? Listen, when you take the blood of Jesus Christ and you combine it with your heart and you take those two together, you'll have life. It's called eternal life. Any scientist will tell you that. You've got to have a heart, you've got to have blood, and you'll have life. If you take the blood of Jesus Christ and you combine it with your heart for him and you say, Lord, please come into my heart, you'll get life. Living life. Eternal life. So when you take your last breath and you shed this old dead body, because what's the living doing among the dead? You shed this old dead body, whoo! Dwight o. Moody said, hey, there's going to come a day you're going to hear I've been, in the new- you're going to read the newspaper, I died, don't believe a word of it because I'm more alive at that time than I ever was. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for him. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. And hath appeared to Simon. The Lord is risen indeed. Yes, he is. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them and the breaking of bread. So they tell the whole story. Here comes Christ. Verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. There he is. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled and why do you thoughts rise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. They're crucified. Those hands and those feet have scars on them. It's a crucified Savior. What does that verse tell you right there? Hey, Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness, you know how you you, you knock on the door and you say that Jesus Christ came up spiritually, He didn't come up bodily? Well, you're stupid. You don't know how to read a Bible. Christ says He's not a spirit. He's got hands and He's got feet. Just like every Jehovah's Witness. You missed it again. (laughs) Got it wrong again. How can Jehovah's Witnesses be so wrong about so much? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Come on, man. He's risen bodily. You're not going to find his bones. I'm not worried about him finding his bones. They're not going to. James Cameron, you can go looking. You can go to the bottom like you did looking for the Titanic. You can go up into outer space. James Cameron, I want you to go over the whole universe. You're not going to find the body. And if you find the body of Jesus Christ, woe be unto you. I finally found him, but he wasn't dead. (laughs) I found the bones of Jesus, but they're walking around looking at me. <laughs> That's when you'll find him. Behold my hands and my feet, that is, I myself handle me, and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Doesn't mention the blood, does he? Flesh and bones. Where's the blood? He shed all that at Calvary. When he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? That's what I love about Jesus Christ. Hey, let's get something to eat now. <laughs> That's why we're good Baptists. That fellowship meal. Let's have fellowship meal. Hey, guys, we're we together. Let's, let's get something to eat. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. And in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me, that verse right there tells you you got the right Bible. All three of those—that's the way the Bible's the Old Testament split up that way. That tells you, you got all three of it right. Verse forty-five. We're closing this up. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So he's telling them everything he'd already told them, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. In His name, the name of Jesus Christ among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So in 2021, in the nation of America, I'm preaching Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and repentance. And that's what I'm here through this morning. just like He said 2,000 years ago, and verse 48, ye are witnesses of these things. Well, oh, that's a great story. It's the truth. I believe every word I just read to you. But here, let's finish it off in closing. And behold, Christ said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Christ living in me. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. That happened at the day of Pentecost. Verse 50. That's all prophecy, guys, fulfilled. Verse 50. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped Him. What are they doing worshiping Him? Because he's God manifesting the flesh, Amen. And they worshiped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And finally, verse 53, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God, amen. So 2,000 years later, we're continually in the church doing what? Praising and blessing God and thanking Him for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And where's He at today? He's risen, and He's risen again. He went up into the third heaven. He went up into heaven. He's up on the right hand of God. But you know what's going to happen? We were just singing about it this morning in church. He's coming back. And just like I said, you're looking for His bones. You're looking for Him. You don't believe it. He's coming back. And boy, when he comes back, he's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. He's not coming back as a prophet. He's not coming back as a high priest. He's coming back as the third thing that the world dreads. He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to be on a white stallion. He's going to have a crown, a big, huge crown. He's going to have a sword coming out of his mouth. and He's going to come back. He's going to have the armies of heaven riding with him. And woe unto you if you're left behind and you see that sky crack open, here He comes, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for you. You need Jesus Christ right now. And get on the right side. Because when that day comes, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. You've been warned. And everything He said to take place has took place just like He said in the Bible, except for what I just told you. Now we're waiting on that. We're waiting for them to come back. And see, they still mock us. They still make fun of us. They still kid. Oh, you, they've been saying Christ is going to come back for 2,000 years. I don't believe that. They've been saying that. Well, you better believe it. My money's on Christ. <laughs> my money's on Christ. And you know where my soul's at in my belief? My faith and my belief's on Jesus Christ. Because he's risen. He's alive. We got the right one. We got the right one. No matter If the world says anything but Jesus, you let them have anything they want. I'm taking Jesus Christ. So in closing, let me say this. Will you take him? We're about to give an invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not for sure if you're going to go to heaven or hell. Don't leave these doors. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring you. I went to work Monday. Last Monday, one of my best friends at work went to work. He didn't show up for work Monday. We called his mom and dad, said, hey, go check on him. She went over to his house, he was dead. Man, it had everybody at work shook up. Just dead. Heart attack. Man, I don't know what the Lord's going to do with you. But let me tell you something about that old guy, Dale. When he first had his heart attack, they put him in ICU. I got into ICU to see him. I got to witness to him. I got to hear him confess Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So I believe with all my heart that he's up in heaven right now. Now if you were to die tomorrow, would I know that about y'all? There's some of y'all in here I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, amen? He could have lied to me. But the truth is, do you know? Because there's no, the future's not promised. Same day, a guy was working on his car up there in Brownwood, working on his car. Car fell on him, crushed on him, crushed him, suffocated him to death. Just like that. That's life. Hey, I'm a preacher. I preach the funerals. That's life. 18 year olds, 80 years old. It doesn't matter. The Lord will take you when your number's pulled. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, am I ever ready? But well, I'm asking you, are you ready? Christ is the right one. Now the ball's in your court. He's a gentleman. He'll knock on your door. Your heart might be burning this morning, but it's up to you. You got a free will. Do with it what you want. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Father, that if there's somebody that's being touched by Your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that You would. Uh, let them know they need to come down and get saved, Lord God, that they need to put their faith in Jesus Christ, Lord. It's simple faith. They don't need to stop what they're doing, Lord. They're never going to stop what they're doing, Lord. You, they just need to come down and get saved, and you'll clean them up, Lord. And I thank you for that. Lord, you, we catch them, and you clean them up. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would work on their hearts. And Lord, I pray, Father, to somebody need to sound my voice that's kind of doubted, doubted the Word, doubted the Bible, Lord God. They, they don't know if they really believe it, Lord. I pray, Father, you just speak to the heart the truth, Lord God, that everything is true in here. Lord, show them the evidence. Lord, lead them somewhere where they see the evidence, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that they repent of that and just believe it until they can better understand it, Lord. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit leading God and directing me, Lord, into all truth. And Lord, I pray and thank you for these people, Lord, that came out this morning that love you. Lord, I pray a special blessing on them, Lord God. They love you and they came out, Lord, when they could have been doing so much else. I thank you for them. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. upon him